about today's show because I met an artist at a Rip Star event. Uh, thank you, Rob Adam Jackson, in Pacifica at the Winner's Tavern. Outside, they have a huge parking lot and they have picnic tables and they have a beautiful stage and everybody's all socially distanced playing great music, comedy, stuff like that. So I met Dakil. He's an artist. He played after the comedians on Sunday at Winter's Tavern in Pacifica. And he was amazing. And so we, like, exchanged phone numbers and stuff. And he also likes to watch Survivor, which I'm totally into. <laughs> but he's a really talented musician, so... He's going to come in today and do some live looping and stuff. And I'm going to play some of his music that's available on YouTube. And so that's exciting. And I'm, uh, I'm super stoked. I'm super stoked to actually have an, a guest on Some Call Me Tim. It's been a while. I've been pretty lazy in these COVID times. And uh, just not booking people and you know, anyways, I'm already pulling back the veil for you. But Dakil is coming in today, and I'm super excited. And so here is a song that he sang, and it was so good, and he sang it on the patio too. It's called Wanna Be You, But They're Not. Here on Mutiny Radio, Dakil, he's going to be playing live, so stay tuned. Of all I play, these people in the room are ready too hard to impress. But I should be looking at them like a clothes are all undressed. But don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect, I'm calming down. It's easier to express myself while looking at the ground. Don't need another infraction, I just brought my insurance down. Don't need another distraction, already blasting the music loud. And they wanna be you, but they're not. And they wanna be you, cause you're hot. And they wanna be you, but they're not. And they wanna be you, but they're not. I'm not gonna fail you, I'm not as fancy as Azalea. I'm not gonna cut so much, I'm not a player hater. And yeah, she has a nice butt. But so do I, not to win the strip free, cause I be working part time, I be working part time, working part time. I'm not that into crime, but maybe if you offered me a bribe, I'll think about it. And they wanna be you, but they're not. They wanna be you, cause you're. Wanna be you, but they're not. And they wanna be you, but they're not. They wanna be you, but they're not. 
and they want to be you because you're hot and they want to be you but they're not and they want to be you but they're not everybody wants a brit nowadays like ed sheeran remember when we saw coolio on nickelodeon on that keenan kell TV special back when we discovering stairway to heaven now one of them is on SNL where the cow go ah here it goes orange liquid down his mouth he pours what's he doing part time quick I am BD that shit I can get it off my mind they wanna be you but they're not and they wanna be you cause you're hot and they wanna be you but they're not and they wanna be you but they're not yeah they wanna be you but they're not yeah, they wanna be you, cause you're hot. And they wanna be you, but they're not. And they wanna be you, but they're not. And they wanna be you, but they're not. And they wanna be you, cause you're hot. And they wanna be you, but they're not. Alright, that is a song for all the haters. And this is to kill. And I'm hoping that we can play some more of his things if if they let me on YouTube. Oftentimes they don't. Uh, hey, thanks for joining me on Some Call Me Tim. Uh, I'll try to get some more of To Kill's music up. And... Uh, This is a song, Never Trust a Scorpio. Uh, I'm hoping I can get it up, because it's very funny. Hey! Well, Sierra Hager just came in. This is totally opportune, because my guest isn't here yet, Duck Hill, who I just played one of his songs, and he has another one here called Never Trust a Scorpio. And it's, it's really funny, but... Um, YouTube sometimes doesn't let me play things. I, I'm just pulling back the veil for everybody. It's terrible. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. This, is, uh, this show is called Some Call Me Tim. And um, usually I, I interview people about like what they believe in, like God or cats or like aliens or conspiracy theories or whatever. But sometimes I have music, and so this To Kill Kai is going to come and do some looping. We're just chilling. Uh, uh, I think that's the one that doesn't work. Uh, oh, that's the one that works. Awesome, there cool. we go. Yeah. I can never tell what's happening. In this. I should hide that other one away. How you doing, Pam? Hey, good. I hit my head this morning pretty hard, but I feel pretty good still. How'd you hit your head? <laughs> so I was sitting in my floor, uh, Indian style, reading Native American crisscross applesauce. Native uh, American style? I don't know what I'm supposed You're to You're canceled. Say. You just got canceled. <laughs> it's it's crisscross applesauce. I was sitting crisscross applesauce, reading tarot cards with my cats on the floor, as I do. And I was getting some really great information. And then I turned to get up, and I forgot just space and time. And my big, heavy kitchen table was right there and I just bonked my oh. forehead like on my big you know my big, big yeah, yeah, table yeah. and I just whacked myself and then I like saw some stars and I was like whoa and I, and I was like oh okay it's not bleeding I'm fine I'm fine you're fine you look good thanks you look great actually <laughs> I like the flowers in your hair 
Yay! Hey, I, you should do a you should do like comedy tarot night sometime for one of your comedy family dinners. That'd be super fun. Yeah. Get all weird and freak a bunch of boys out. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I like to do. That's 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 I've, my mo. I've never. I've, I'm like I know all about the astrology stuff, but I've never. I, tarot. It's just too. It's just you know what it is. I want to be that like super like out there hippie chick or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's just too much work. It's just too much. You know. You know. It is. So the deck is 72 cards. That's too many cards. And yeah. Give and me like a 30 card deck. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you could do Major Arcana and then it would only be a 22 card deck, 23. Yeah, but then I'm not getting the full story. You right, you're I mean? not because it's all just Major Arcana. And a lot of people do readings with just Major Arcana cards, but that doesn't necessarily make sense because there's nuances in life and that's just like big broad swaths. But some, a lot of online readings do it that way. Right, because I feel like don't some of the cards like have like multiple meanings or they mean different things depending on where they're... Whatever. If it's right side up or upside down, it's supposed to have reversed meaning. But I usually read them empirically, like the card is the card. The card is the card. Because then if everything's opposite, then you then you have 72 things to learn and then opposite of 72 things. So now you're having to learn 144 things. Uh, but also I feel like, the, like if the message of a card is nuanced, then is it the opposite meaning total or is it the opposite meaning for every single one of those nuances and like does that even make sense all the time like exactly well and it depends on the question that you ask but you don't I usually don't ask when I do readings for people I don't ask them to tell me the question because it colors the reading like mm. obviously when I'm reading myself I know the question because I think about the question really hard and then I read the cards and I'm like oh okay totally that absolutely answered everything I was thinking of or it led my brain in a direction I hadn't thought of before. Totally. And one of the things I learned this morning, uh, it, it, it's just, it's all, it's all perspective. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you might've told me last night that something about, sometimes they're trying as hard as they can and I have to recognize the trying, even if the, even if the effort isn't what I, wasn't what I thought could be a real effort. There, there would lead, there, I have to acknowledge that there was effort yeah yeah so that's so hard it's like oh well it's it's when it's when people when i don't know it's expectations being too high and then it's like ah, oh, well you're a mom though so like do you have expectations on your child or do you try to like wash that all away or are you just like he is who he is and whatever happens happens or are you sometimes like disappointed with his behavior um well <laughs> so i think like so this is actually what I believe in, like the thing that I believe in as like the guiding principle to how I like interpret life and humanity in the world. Like I'm a Jewish humanist, which means like I'm a secular Jew that like believes in like humanity is the most sacred thing. Um, and like my, like through the lens of attachment theory. Um, so, so when you talk about like, do I have, like, does my son disappoint me? Things like that. Like, um, but I, I think as, as long as some, like, as long as he's alive, he'll be my child, and my role as a parent isn't to have expectations, it's to set boundaries and contain and offer support. Wow. So, like, so, so for example, like, my hope is that he wouldn't hit another kid, and, like, depending on the age and stuff like that, you know, what I can offer is, like, you know, if I see that he's going to be in a position where he's set up to hit another kid, I can support him by being like, hey, maybe you need a break. Or like, hey, maybe you need a snack. Or hey, like, I'm not gonna let you hit a kid. Or if he does hit a kid, like, kind of model caretaking and stuff like that. So, so to me, it's not about like, like having expectations of your children is totally insane because one of the really healthy things that they do, you know, 
at every single stage is differentiate and test boundaries and see what flies and what doesn't. If they're not disappointing you, they're like super repressed and unhealthy. You know what I mean? But expectations and boundaries, those aren't the same thing. Like, are well, they? Well, no, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you know, like, like it's not so much like, no, I don't have expectations of my son, but I do have standards and boundaries that he has to like. Right. That, not that he has to stay within, otherwise there's some rupture, but that I need to always be letting him know we're there. What, what would you do if you were called in and they're like, your son's a bully and he's been pushing other children for no reason? What totally. Would, what would be like your parental response to that? Yeah, I'm well, just questioning. <laughs> yeah, so like, um, I, I think my first thing to do would be like, um, clearly I have a blind spot because if your kid's bullying, there there are attachment needs that aren't being met. There's like, you know, maybe maybe I'm pregnant with another kid. Maybe me and his dad are separating. Maybe we just moved. Maybe he's like, my grandma just died, and he's like, like wh whenever kids are acting out like that, there is an attachment need that's not being met. It's never because uh. the kid themselves is bad. All kids are inherently good. But they have to, like, they don't have coping mechanisms. It's Their frontal lobes are not developed, you know. It's a need that's not being met. But then if you if you support all of your child's needs, then they become little jerks, too. Uh, right? No, if you no. If you support all of your child's wants, then they become real jerks. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, wants and needs. Uh, but also, Pam, you know, it's the same with adults. Like, if your needs are not all being met there are gonna be ways that you act out. So like if you're being disrespected in a relationship, maybe you'll internalize anger and have anxiety or be you know, uh, unfaithful. Or maybe if you're, like if you don't feel that you've ever had the approval of your parents, you're more inclined to be a drug addict or to hurt Whoa. yourself or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I think like, <laughs> like we're all, it's, it's normative to not have all of your attachment needs met. Um, and so it's all about just like, you know, like like the the solution to like being a drug addict is not to like go to jail. The solution to being a drug addict is to find ways to have meaning in your life, even though there have been disappointments, and to nurture yourself and feel love and connection. You know. Wow, your attachment needs aren't being met. Attachment needs aren't being met, baby. Wow, that's such a higher order thinking way to like rationalize behavior. Well, I think that of others because it, it 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 almost hinges on empathy. Uh, well, that's exactly it. And the whole, I mean, the the guiding principle is that any part of you that's acting out and that be, that's being problematic, that part of you that's doing that, that part of you that's like, hey, this is too painful, I'm going to use drugs. Hey, this right. is too scary, I'm going to lash out. All of those parts are like, it might not seem rational on the surface, but all of those parts are trying to protect you from pain, you oh. know? And so like, so anyone having bad behavior you can just see that they're in pain and it, it just it means that no one's a bad person it's just that like even really 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 fucked up people just like you know that means that they're that that's how much pain they have inside of them and that's right. valid like it's always valid it's not that all of their actions are forgivable right but it is like but their experience is always valid and that's and that's empathy yeah i'm carrying around that wand now i'm losing the <laughs> plot i'm like it's too scary well, that's the thing. I, I feel such heightened anxiety because of so many external factors, like with the world, with the COVID, with yeah, so, the so your, your, your need for safety and predictability from your world and government is not being met. It's not being yes, met. Your so, needs are not being met, Pam. So now I'm carrying around a wand. <laughs> no, I'm getting, I mean, I'm things, things in my brain are getting weird and I'm like, totally. And so, so there are parts of you that are like, 
being creative, being like looking for like trying to tap into some other source of power, something that right. feels more powerful than the toxicity around us. Right. But well, then Sparkle Jesus is a pretty good one. Sparkle Jesus is really good. He's really <laughs> He's a good one. Look how compassionate he is. Look yeah. how look at that white, white glittery Jesus. Ooh, isn't he is he great? I should make him a little dark. I should put some makeup on him and make him a little darker. Oh, interesting. Like a little a little self tanner. You know, I think like he's a very pretty Jesus though. I have a this is it's so funny because this look is sort of like my like quintessential dude look. Like if I saw a guy walking, well, skateboarding down the street like that, I'd just be like, my head would go, what? Oh my God. Jesus on a skateboard? Wait, kickflip your way into my heart, baby. Come back. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that r- that's, that's really not my vibe. <laughs> he just looks like a... It looks like a little girl, and that's just not... Look, there are lots of great things to be said about little girls. It's not my taste. Here's the thing that I think is crazy, is that little girls are allowed to be smart and not sexualized until they're, like, 12. So yeah. you have, like, the character of Penny in um, Inspector Gadget. Hermione, like... Hermione, like, uh, right. Fern and Charlotte's Web. Powerful girls, yeah. but they have to be girls. And then, but once it, they, the whole thing is like once they have their period and they have power, then they're now they're sexualized. So totally. it's like they can't be this heroine anymore. This sort of it there's just, not like that pure spark of femininity. Now someone could potentially want to fuck them, and and so and so they're worthless right. slash the most valuable thing ever. It's what the fuck? What? It's so crazy that. But I've been seeing all of these like literary tropes and I noticed I'm just like and I'm only looking at it now because I'm going into this old crone age where like I don't have value or meaning anymore because I can't have babies but then I look at those children and I'm like but they had they have value in this way almost in this strange wisdom like they give the character she solves everything her adult idiot dude guy caretaker is an idiot Mm. and she and her dog brain solve every single crime and every everyone's and but she has to be sort of like it's hidden that she's the smarts behind the thing. But mm. but that's like this weird literary story. And then all of a sudden you become fourteen, and now it's all about sex and all about boys. And the whole Bechdel test thing happens, and it's like you can't have a conversation with anybody unless they ask you, "Well, how's your partner? Or totally. are you single? Are you in a relationship?" It's like every totally. like are you at like all of a sudden now I'm defined as to what my partnership is and with who. Yeah. And then. You oh get my defined God. by your children. Dude, seriously? Like, God forbid you be a woman who doesn't just, like, always fucking knit and, like, I don't know, drink wine? Yeah. Like, it's really fucked up to be given, like, the identity of a mother when you already have the identity of a lot of other things. Right. It's really, like, it's so... And here's the thing. It, like, it doesn't matter if you're cool with it or not, if you're confident in all the other shit that you do. You're going to go out into the world and there are going to be a bunch of men around who are like, that doesn't really work for me. Wow. You know? Yeah. Because their attachment needs aren't being met. Because their attachment. <laughs> well, and it's just, it's, it always seems to hinge on what they want. But then I have to realize that I'm complicit in that, in that. If I'm constantly like, I'm making sure their needs are being met, and that's how I find value. Yeah, that's, that, that's called anxious de- attachment. That's most most women have anxious attachment. Huh. Which is like, which is like, um, you know, trying to like, anxious attachment is like trying to reach out to make sure 
that your partner is still there. Ah. And avoidant attachment is what most like heteronormative men have, and it's the thing of like at the at the root of it, it's the fear of disappointing someone close to you. Oh. And so, like, they're afraid of disappointing. They don't feel like they're going to do it right. They feel a lot of pressure from women who are anxious, who are reaching out, who are saying, help, help, help. Like, is this all fine? Are we fine? And they're like, I don't fucking know. This is way too much pressure. I have been taught by society that I need to have everything figured out. But, like, the economy sucks. And, like, I'm just a boy. And I don't actually know how to be a strong man. And plus, you're an empowered woman. And you don't need me anymore anyway. Like, like right. I, I have so much compassion for, for the position of men in our generations oh They're... poor men no oh. no no I, my I mean... mommy loved me too much and now i don't know how to follow through on anything mm. poor men my single mom loved me too much so i thought that women were supposed to <laughs> cater to my every women need oh no i mean i i do need to have more i'm a mean person i need to have a little bit more empathy and compassion it's just like man. no yes. one no one wants to disappoint other people and like, and like men, like women have been given the permission to like ask questions of themselves and like have an emotional life and experience joy and flexibility and stuff. Men have not been given that permission. Mm. You know, men have been given the permission to not give a shit about anything and to repress their feelings. Oh, I would so much rather do that though. I wish it was societally oh. acceptable. I love all the rights and privileges that come with being a dude. Oh my gosh. I would take advantage of them so hard oh my god well if you're gonna trade if you like if you're gonna pick one you pick man every time of course because you just get raped less you just do <laughs> you just get raped a little bit less just a little bit oh i used to my first um my first wet dream my first my first sexual dream i was 11 i remember it very vividly uh and it was i had a dick and was fucking myself Whoa. So I was like 11, and I had this <laughs> dream that I was me, but I had a dick. Yeah. But then I was looking at myself, and, and I woke up, and I was like, what? Yeah. It was like, that was like my first. Was it fun? Did it feel good? Or did you feel like it yeah. was just like you were becoming aware of yourself as someone that it gets fucked, and that's your function? No, it was that I, I mean, I'd been masturbating for a long time, so that, but that was like, in my waking life and a choice I was making as a child. Interesting. Um, I mean, everyone masturbates. Yeah, but I mean, I was like, I was like super young. I was like five, four or five. Yeah, like, lo I mean, yeah. lots of, that's normal. That's, lots, that's, lots of kids do that, yeah. Okay, good. I'm so glad that's normal. Anyways. Did you achieve climaxes that young? That's yes. like really young. Yes. Wow. Yeah, clitoral only. Obviously no penetration. And I didn't even, that's the thing is I didn't even use tampons because that whole penetration thing freaked me out. But my first sexual dream was that I had a dick. And so that's like, that's, I have two <laughs> trans moments. That's one. That's a and good one. And then my other one was I, was, I was 11, same time period, and I was a mediocre girl ballerina. Oh, but yeah, if, I remember this. I remember that. Yeah, I love if, this story. If I was a boy, I would have been amazing. Yeah. Because I could do like, I'd just gone on point, and I could do double turns on point. I could do, I was good. I was mediocre for a girl. But if I was a boy, I watched the little boys, and they just didn't know. It just wasn't. Yeah, you you would be like a SF ballet by now. I you would, know what I mean? They, they would, and they wouldn't let me. I remember going to my teacher Mo and being like, "Can I wear the black tights, and the and the wife beater, and be a boy, please?" And she was like, "No, you're a girl." And then it 
like, but then you don't cast me in the show and I could be on the stage if you'd let me. <laughs> there's oh, a more. It's not fair. And then there's like, tw- it's a 25-year-old man lifting little girls. And it's totally. like, that's weird and gross. I could have lifted a girl. I would have loved to have learned lifts at that point, you yeah, know? Yeah, totally. Like, it's all just physics and like technique. Plant your feet. <laughs> Engage your core. <laughs> and then support because that's the other thing is when you're an, a girl ballerina it's not that you're like you give a lot to it they're not just like lifting you you're there's a there's there's a togetherness action that's anyway contact improv <laughs> oh, that was so funny when, when contact improv will never come back because you can't like sweat and spit around each other you know there's no that's like all i want you know what i want more than anything is to go to a punk show and just be in the pit that's what i want that is dangerous. That is dangerous behavior. Oh, I want. You could get elbowed in the eye. I know. But you know what? I have another eye. Ah. Look at me. That's so punk rock. That's my privilege. Sorry, Ailes. Well, no. I mean, I've been, I got, I got trampled at a Pearl Jam concert um, and broke my foot in 1994. No. No, you have to be careful about what pit you go in. I want to I want to be in like a jovial pit. I don't right. want to be in like well, some. It, it was jovial. It was me and a girl and we were like, let's do this. And we were bouncing at each other and everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was like, Bleh! and it was like, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, like the center of crazy things. And it was like, you know, 94 or whatever. It was so long ago. And it was in Indio. And um, and I got trampled and I, I got, got to go backstage. But uh, <laughs> you're like, thanks, Pearl Jam. Yeah, thanks, Pearl Jam. Uh, but yeah, I got, I, but I learned my lesson. Like, don't. Uh, don't go in mosh pits because even when even when you think that it's super fun and everything's great and everybody's your friend I, it takes one person to just come rushing in well I feel like a big venue too it's it's much more dangerous because there isn't like no one's making sure that it stays chill you know what I mean like I feel like I feel like at like a two to four cab venue it's much much safer because because like also just because the room's not that big if you need to get to the side of the room you can get there get there it's sure. not just this like mile long fucking mosh pit that you can't get out of yeah, slogging through the mire. So what attachment theory means? What, what, why do you like physical danger in a public space? Like, <laughs> isn't that what mosh pit and with loud music? What, what attachment are you fulfilling? Or Yeah, um, so there are parts of my childhood that were really, really, really restrictive. Mm. Um, where, you know, for like a little girl with ADHD and like a little bit of trauma and just kind of spazzy and talks too much and can't sit still and stuff like that, like so much of um like the sort of the bar that i had to like whatever jump over meet the the thing the thing that i had to do is be really really studious and Mm. really really well behaved Uh um and so for me like um just like getting to be in my body and the exhilaration and a little bit of danger and just like being able to trust myself and being able to like just like it's such a sensory experience and and music is like music is everything to me music is like my number one like most important thing in my life other than my son and um, yeah. and just like so so but then it was the number one most important thing in my life when I was younger and did mosh pits but um but for me like it's just it's it's like a purely sensory experience and there's like a part of it that's sort of like um you've relinquished some control and so much <laughs> of my life it's been so you understand yeah. this growing up Jewish like you're it's all about control <laughs> um and so yeah so that was that's that's my need that's not being met is the need to just like experience some like freedom and danger right well i just i uh, every time i 
I, it's still like it's still attached to me. I get so scared of getting in trouble. Like I know, like yeah. like if I do something that, you know, I used to skateboard and then, and my mom always used to say, "Don't do that. You're gonna lose your teeth." And as a child, I always wanted to skateboard. And I'm like, I'm an adult now. I'm gonna skateboard. And then what do I do? I lose a bunch of teeth, and it's like, ah, mm. you were right. Or like, all the rules that I have put in place. A lot of them have been good. Like, I, you know, the only STD I ever got was the sexually transmitted debt. But I never, I've never had an STD. I'm so, 46. So let, let me let me rock your world with something right now. So so what? Um, you're you're talking about like, like I feel like there's sort of a question in here about like needs and boundaries and then what's real. <laughs> and so I want to like throw this at you. So so um, there's like there's a thing called authoritarian parenting, which is where someone's like, no, you do what I say, because blah blah blah. And then there's authoritative parenting, which is like, no, you do what I say, and here's why, and you communicate with them. But then there's another thing which is called collaborative parenting, which is where you're like, okay, so you're a kid and you want to skateboard. I'm not gonna let you skateboard because that's really really dangerous. But it seems like you want some more exhilaration. So like maybe we could get you a trampoline, or maybe we could go snowboarding, or maybe something. That, you know what I mean? Like, like being like, you need something. I can't let you do this one because my experience tells me it's too dangerous. But like, what can I give you that's going to help you get your attachment need met, even though, or get your need met, right? Sure. Even though, even though what you want isn't on the table right now for me. Right. That, uh, that was not, uh, that was not my experience as a child. Totally, but w which is why you still want to skateboard and you don't have the like the knowledge to be like, well, I want to go fast and I want to have fun and maybe I could just like go on a scooter ride or take yeah. one of those tourist things around or like go on the top of a bus or like 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 it's all about thinking about like how to make better decisions by meeting your needs without endangering yourself. It's the fucking same reason I want to go into mosh pit and get my fucking face bashed in. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, right. I, it's hard for me to be like, maybe I just need to go to the beach or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like. Like, like, they, because when we choices. when we deny the needs, they become more intense. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, and that's when all my obsessive weirdness comes in. Is it's like, when it's like, well, why am I not getting it? What am I doing wrong? I'm doing something wrong to not get this. I'm do. I and then I perseverate and I think and think and think about the same thing over and over. Totally. And then I'm like, now and now thought is real. So I thought about all these things and that's real, but none of it happens. It's only in my head and it doesn't affect the other person at all. But it's all been in my head for a long time. And so, it's like, so this oh. is this is trying. This is a part of you that's trying to protect Pam from having their need ignored. And so like what I would say to that is like um, there, there is like a bigger, more wise Pam now because you're 46 <laughs> and you can say, hey, like, holy shit, you really need to like go fast and have some excitement or you really need like a good fuck or you really need whatever. And like, let's go buy you a crazy ass dildo and have some fun. Let's go flirt with someone and have some fun. Let's go like, you know, let's go take a weird road trip and not even know where we're going and have some fun. It's about like, it's not, it's not that it doesn't hurt to get, to not get the thing that you want. You often don't get the thing that you want. It's about figuring out how to like show up for yourself and be like, this need is important regardless of whether or not the world gives me what I want. Uh, every time I flirt with boys, they don't flirt back. Hmm. And then I'm like, and then the ones that I'm just not interested in at all are yeah. the ones that are like always. Totally. I, I knew you were going to say that. Well, I think that there's something like, really oh. compelling about that. 
And so, like, here's what I would say, especially in San Francisco where it's, like, so progressive and there's so much, like, sex play and stuff, I think it would be really, really fun for you to, like, put yourself out there in whatever way, on whatever platform you want and be like, I really only like guys who don't give a fuck about me. Does someone want to role play this? Like, does someone want to role play hard to get? And it's going to be your job to hold out as long as possible and it's going to be my job to see if I can get it. You know what I mean? Like, because you have have a hang-up about this. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason that you don't like guys who are interested in you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like... I think it's it's really about like all these like this part that wants something that you can't have like that's a really young part but you're not that's not all of you you have the power to be bigger than that and to experiment and be like okay well maybe that fucking thing like i said that you know go online and see if you can role play that or whatever maybe that doesn't work for you but i think it's it's like i can't solve it for you but you have to be curious and try shit to figure out how to meet that need right that's good he's there at therapy today my goodness Awesome. The kill's still not here. Maybe he won't make it. We'll see. It's 2.30. It's early. I have time till 4. Uh, do you have music? Or do you have music online of your own? Do you want to play a song? Uh, yeah. Crazy. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, is it on Spotify? Yeah. Or is it on, is it on your phone? Sure. Or is it, if you have it on your phone, I, we can plug it right in like this. Let's do it. Is it, a, is it an iPhone? It's an iPhone. Okay. We have a toggle. Look, we've got a little... A toggle on the tether, plugging it in. Channel four. So, what is your band's name, or what do you record under? Uh, sorry. Or you could pick uh, any. I can make any microphone. Be oh, cool. That's fine with me. Uh, yeah, my band's called Bed. We haven't really released anything in a couple of years because I've been busy having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's called Bed. We're on Spotify. We're on Bandcamp. Um, I don't know. I don't really like. Yeah, it's like not a super active project, but we used to play around and stuff. But anyway, so this is my this is my band. You want to hear it? Yeah, hell yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Bed on Mutiny Radio.
you're listening to Mutiny Radio, .fm and .sf. I'm here with Sierra Hagar of the band Bed. They, uh, she's playing some stuff off their old album. It's an old project, but all music is good music. I listen to, hey, doesn't matter when it was recorded. It still sounds rad. I love shoegazer stuff. That's my whole wheelhouse. My oh, Catherine sorry. wheelhouse. <laughs> the internet is like sucking. Sorry about that. Oh, it's probably you didn't connect to the our mutiny DJs. Flavin under there. It's all good. I can now. Ah, there it is. No. No, that was the same one. It was the same one. Here we go. Here we go. This is going to happen, you guys. Very Pulling slowly. Back the veil. Some call me Tim. Here we go.
was bed. Here, and I'm back with Sierra Hagar on it's Some Call Me Tim. Wait, we have to talk about this. Yeah, we can talk about it. You say my name every single day. It's Sierra Hager. 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 Not Hagar. I keep thinking Hagar because of, like, you know, Van Hagar. Hager. 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 It's like I told you. It's like, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hager. 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 <laughs> Why did you drop Frost? It was the coolest name. It's just not my last name. Oh, it was a fakie? No, no, it's real. I just, uh, it's just like, I don't know. I, Mary, that's your name change. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just, um, it's, yeah, I think, I think that I'm, I, I regret like having changed my name to get married, but I think like my professional career and my creative career and stuff, like it's all my stuff is under Sierra Hager and oh, I'm okay. kind of proud of a little bit of the stuff I've done in the last some years and I just want to, also it's my son's last name. Right. Um, so yeah, that's. That makes sense. Yeah. It's not a perfect solution. Sierra Hager is not like, it doesn't have the greatest flow of all time. Sierra Frost is the most ridiculous name of all it's time. The best. So I, I feel like I just have like a bunch of sort of mediocre options and <laughs> I'm doing the one that requires the least amount of paperwork. Right. That makes absolute sense. I, that's why I never changed my name when I got married because I was like, I can't do the paperwork. I just don't want to do it. It's just not yeah. fair. I'm yeah. not. No, I love that. I love like, that story. Whose needs are being met by me changing my name. Do you, do you, do you watch the show Adventure Time or did you watch the show Adventure Time? No. I'm, I'm a Rick and Morty fan. Okay, so I'm just going to throw this out there. One of the, like, excellent characters on Adventure Time is Princess Bubblegum, and she's, like, she has, like, strong vibes of what you were talking about, like, Penny, like, um, you know, Fern, Hermione, yeah. like, the yeah. like strong girl vibes. She's, like, amazing. She's, like, a scientist who, like, creates this world, and she's, like, a princess. She's great. Um, and they call her PB on the show, and I always think, I'm always, like, there's PB, like, Princess oh, Bubblegum. Oh, that's funny, yeah. Princess Bubblegum. Pam Benjamin. Well, I could maybe dress up as her for Halloween. That there, would be so cute. That would be the no cutest Halloween cosplay. This year. Is there? There's oh, no I'll, I'll, I'm going to dress up. I mean, I figure we'll have some mics, right? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, I mean, man. Trick or, trick or treating doesn't make sense anymore, right? You can't, like, go no. to people's houses behind glass and ask for candy. Like, that doesn't make sense. We are going to set up the saddest Halloween for our little almost four year old boy. Oh. It's going to be really sad. But he's dressed up as Miles Morales. Um, Miles Morales? Yeah, he's like the new Spider-Man. Oh. And, yeah, I'm very I'm very excited about it. The fact that my little white boy gets to dress up as a, like, black Latino Spider-Man. Yeah. And, have, and like, not even be aware of that, that that's a thing. Like, it's it's very sweet that that's just, like, yeah, that's, the that's his baseline. You know what I mean? But that's the way it should be. I mean, we, we should be moving in. That's the that's the right direction. It shouldn't be a thing that I even have to think about right. or that he has to think about. But, like, it super is. It super is that he gets to have heroes that aren't white men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the concept of superhero is, like... I don't know. You start with the Nietzsche, kind of the ubermensch, but the Superman and, and what that means, like... I, see, I've always felt that it was... That there was sort of this, like... I've always felt it's really akin to drag. Like, drag is a place where, like, the things that are, like, super inside of you get to come out and be really, really shiny. Mm. Superheroes aren't so much unlike drag queens. Fair. You know? And so, like, so like the idea of having superpowers is, like, a little, like, of, of being superior is obviously really toxic. But, but like, there are a lot of superheroes that don't have powers that are just really smart, like Batman. Right. And but he's also rich, Iron which Man. I don't know if we should be promoting that, but... As long as you have all the right toys that you're a super person, 
Totally, but also like he made all of his toys. Yes, yes. It's it sucks yeah, that he has right, to be. Right. It, it sucks yeah. that he has to be a millionaire. Well, that's Iron Man or a billionaire, too. Or whatever. Iron yeah, is totally. Also a millionaire. No, he's a just a guy, and he builds a really cool suit, and he's like, "Look at me, I'm, I'm." But he's also like, "Don't look at me," because he's trying to be all secretive about it or whatever. Well, they all have to be like, "Don't look at me." I'm not saying it's perfect. I just right. like I feel like I'm trying to celebrate the elements of so superherodom that are like not hell of toxic i'm not that big know. of a feminist i can watch a superhero movie and be fine about it it's fine i'm not like <laughs> I, I understand i was i feel like it's just much more ingestible when you think about them as drag queens is all i'm saying Absolutely. like they're, like their yeah. outfits are very form-fitting yeah you know yes i'm into that straight men are not built like that is what i'm trying to say right and they have to wear yeah little puffy things to make it look they have to wear boobs too, just like drag queens. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Just like some of us. I've turned around. Yeah. This is. I'm not wearing a chicken cutlet bra today. I I just had to finally wash all of them. Um, but I have these bras chicken that. Chicken cutlet bra. Well, yeah. It's like there's a chicken cutlet in the side of it. It. You can elbow me in the boob and I can't feel a thing because it's literally like so puffy, and it's dumb. It's like why do I, why do I, where why do I do this? You know what, what am I doing this But here's for? the thing. There is no correct size of boob. Like, <laughs> since, like, after, like, during my pregnancy and really basically still, like, my bra, my cup size, it's a letter you've never fucking heard of. It's in the Greek alphabet. Like, my <laughs> cup size is giant. Um, and, and it's awful. Like, it's awful. There's, it's, it's not fun. You know, it's, it's really hard bleak. to shop for bras. Like, it's, they're uncomfortable. They're everywhere. Like, just, like, I, I don't want to hug people because I'm like, oh, sorry, just, like, come here and like hang out in my tits you know what i mean like i guess what i'm trying to say is like they're like whatever whatever fucking tits we have tits which are like the greatest thing ever we just have to feel like shit about them that's that's hey i understand that that's the law did you did you breastfeed oh yeah and was that the scariest weirdest thing or was it fine uh did he bite you ever um so it was really hard getting started like a lot, that no, no one really talks about that. Like it's like it's not the easiest thing in the world. Like when babies are born, they literally don't have any skills. Like they don't know how to do anything. <laughs> and my son was like, yeah, we had like we had like we had issues. I had supply issues. He had latch issues. It was like I saw like seven fucking lactation specialists, and he really like I was basically pumping for him until he was about three months old. Wow. Like around the clock, like waking up at three a.m. to like pump and then feed him and bought. Like it was just this nightmare. It was so awful. But then he like. Literally, the person who taught me how to, like, who taught us how to do it was my cousin. And she just, one day, she, like, came over, and she just took my kid's head and just, like, smushed it on my nip. And then he, like, has been, you know, he was fine ever since. It was just a smushing of the nip. That's all. You went to seven specialists, and you just Totally. She just popped his head on my fucking tit, and that was it. And he nursed, like, perfectly. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. It, it was But whatever. he'd been practicing with a bottle forever. The so pregnancy industrial complex is, I mean, whatever. I saw that How much movie. time do you have? Yeah, exactly. I saw that movie with uh, Ricky Lake. Oh, I have she not. She made a movie about uh, the, the industry that surrounds having babies yeah. and all of the crazy drugs that they give you. The drugs and like and like how aggressively they like promote like infant formula in countries where like the you know, in like um in countries where they don't have like enough resources to actually be like feeding their babies formula and right, like they right. have free food on their boobs, but they're like women are discouraged from breastfeeding. like it it's makes no so, sense. It's so fucking it, it, gross. your body is made, you know. It, that's just industry. That's just capitalizing. It's it just, literally it's just it's like whatever. It, 
it's that's 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 crazy. And like I'm not one of these people who's like you have to breastfeed your kid. But like if you are like, you know, if you're in an underserved community and you don't have like extra money to spend and you're around your kid enough to breastfeed them, like why would you try and make why someone spend more like you know corn like syrup. Yeah. Also, I've seen baby formulas has corn syrup in it. I'm like there's no reason for there to be corn syrup in baby formula. You know, there are a lot of like there are a lot of alternatives now that are like a little less we when um when I was having supply issues, I had to supplement, and we ordered some stuff. But again, like super privileged, we like ordered some stuff from Europe where it's like a little right, real milk based. It's like made of like goat milk or yeah, fucking knows. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, German it's stuff or something. Yeah, breastfeeding. No, hey, I I I have that joke. I've always wanted to breast. I've always wanted to pump my own breasts, just so I can make. Th cheese. I could probably make a little bit for you. I, you know, it's not like your supply like totally dries up. If you want some breast milk, Pam, I could probably hook you up. <laughs> I could probably. I'm just saying, I, I could probably I hook you up. I read a bunch of articles actually that said you actually can you, make no, yourself No, you can lactate. induce lactation for sure. Can, yeah. If you have a pump and you are religious enough about it, because people have tried when they when they're adopting a baby. Yeah. Oftentimes they'll start trying to lactate so that they can breastfeed their baby. I got a breast pump for you, Pam. You could make this like weed milk weed, thing a reality. I could, like a yogurt, anything. I've got like a hospital crazy. grade breast pump. I have like the, I have like the Cadillac of breast pumps if you. You could just be in here. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, but is the, was there um, like a certain relationship that you feel is different with your son because you breastfed that maybe if you didn't but when you're feeding a bottle there's still an intimacy there oh no like absolutely it's not i think like i think the biggest thing for me is that my son has always been really like and not all kids are like this he's been like exceptionally physically active like mm -hmm. even when i was pregnant when they did the ultrasound it took like half an hour longer because he wouldn't stay still like huh. he's like a really 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 active kid yeah and so for me like you know, I mean, he crawled early, he walked early, he ran early, he climbed early. Um, for me, it's it was a way for me to, like, ensure, like, he had to come back to me and get the snuggles. And not that I, like, oh, like I think that I needed yeah. I needed the snuggles a lot. Not that he didn't need snuggles, but, like, sure. for me, like, it was a way that I got to enjoy my baby without having to be fucking running. Right. So, wow. <laughs> it worked it worked How long did us. you breastfeed? Um... A long time, a yes. really long time. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna poo poo it just because I, I don't think we ever should. Because we used to. They used to breastfeed kids till they were like four. I mean, I guess it's once. Once your kid's like, mom, give me the boob. I guess maybe it's time to shut it down. I don't know, but maybe it's not. I mean, if it's a, like you said, it's an intimate thing, and and you get your time, and it, everybody's happy, like, and it's healthy and good, and creates attachment. Like that's good, right? That's all good attachment. Like, you're literally attached. I want to, like, not parse words here and say that I don't think breastfeeding is required for healthy attachment at all. Okay. Like, I think that and, – and, I mean, being having a woman in a baby's life is not required for healthy attachment. Like, they will – like, attachment is possible when you have a consistent, like, safe, loving parent, period. It can be anyone. Cool. That's my shit. So, I think it's, like, it's something – really special and beautiful that my body did that I got to share with my son. It was really complicated. It was really hard. I was fucked up about it in different ways. Yeah. Um, and it was really like, it was, you know what it was really, it was really nice in the middle of the night when my kid was six months old to not have to be in the fucking kitchen making a bottle when he wow. woke up in the middle of the night to nurse or to you just to bring him in and latch him on and you can kind of nap. Tit, go back to sleep. That was great. I really liked yeah. that. Um, but yeah, there were challenges too. Like I didn't, I didn't spend the night away from my son until he was like 
maybe three. Wow. You know what I mean? Like it was like. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So so like there's, whatever. I mean, having children, really anything meaningful that you do, like there are gonna be sacrifices and choices that you make, and like right. things that you fucking weigh, and everyone, everyone, is valid in making all those choices. So yeah. so I like breastfeeding, but I don't think everyone needs to. Gotcha. Yeah. If you hate breastfeeding, you shouldn't fucking breastfeed. Right, because then you probably put some... I mean, it's the same thing. It's like that water for chocolate. I mean, it's obviously I live in a fictional world uh, with my wand. But in water, like water for chocolate, when she cooks, she puts her emotions into the food, and then everybody feels it while they're eating it. Absolutely. Like, so like, dude, I hate playing fucking... Like, I hate playing catch. So I don't play catch with my kid. I play Legos with my kid. I play right. pretend with my kid. Someone else can play catch with him. Right. He, he's not going to benefit from me being like, don't fucking throw that ball at me. That's not going to be this, like, nice time for him. Right. It's you the know? same way, like, if you were breastfeeding, and then you're like... Resenting your kid, yeah. And there's so many reasons to hate breastfeeding. It's it is all kinds, whatever. Like, have you live your life? Takiel, how do you feel about breastfeeding? I love it. I do, <laughs> I do it all the time. Oh my! <laughs> Get a little squirt in the coffee. Boop. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna give you guys some space now to do your thing, and I'm gonna fuck off and take a shower because I have a show tonight with you, Pam Benjamin. Yeah. Yes, we have a show at Asiento, uh, 7.30 show. Super excited. Hey, where can people get tickets for that, Pam? They can get it. They, there's a couple seats left that you can reserve on Eventbrite. It's dinner and a show at Asiento for October 14th at 7.30. There's some 6.45 reservations left. The ceviche is off the chain. Oh, wait. How much are tickets, though? Oh, they're free. Tickets are free? Yes, because the whole point is that you get you order a meal, and you have a beautiful dinner under the stars, and you get a free comedy show. Wait, and wait, wait. It's at Asienzo. It's right <laughs> up on the corner of 21st in Florida. We're neighbors. Um, Debbie, the owner of Asiento, is another small business in the mission. So we're just trying to really support each other in this crazy time of COVID. And it's a wonderful space. Like, everyone's COVID compliant. There's Is anybody hot going to be there? Yes. Actually, super hot. Um, obviously, Sierra Hager. I did it right, right? You did it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> She's going to be there. She's hot, hot, hot. Also, Miriam Musavi, she's really funny. She's a comedian out of um, Sacramento. But is she hot? She's super hot. Okay. Well, are they actually, all the comedians are in really super hot. I mean, also, like, uh, Gary Hughes, super hot, 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 hot hunk of man there. I mean, he is in a relationship, but I can still say he's very, he's, he's a very good-looking man. I don't see Gary like that, but he's a really good guy, and he's a very good comic. He is, but, but, but you said hot. They are hot, because we got Marcus Howard, too, and he's super hot. Uh, and then Mauricio. Mauricio, Mauricio the, the whimsical cholo, last minute edition. He's I was actually the bartender last week. Was like, you got to bring back that Mauricio guy. He's hilarious. It's like done and done. So everybody come out tonight. I'm gonna to get out of your business, Pam. I love you. I'll oh, see you soon. Oh, yes, yay! So the the very Sierra on the first hour of some call me Tim, and now we have to kill. Yay! Whatever you feel comfortable with is... Okay, cool. Yeah, that's great. No, that's not crazy. Well, that's the only one that doesn't work. Uh, use the either... There you go. That 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 one works. That that should work. That should be plugged in right now, actually. Oh, there we go. Oh, your phone. Yeah, with all the bed music. And they can find you on Spotify. Just B-E-D. Period. Period. 
period. There's a period after it. Very nice. <laughs> it's always about periods. Uh, so yeah, we've got Dekeel in. Uh, met him on Sunday at Winner's Tavern. Had such a fun time uh, doing comedy there and then music afterward. And I was like, you're so talented. And then I found you on the YouTubes and played uh, one of your songs at the top of the show. So that's great. And we get to have you live. That's so kind. Thank you so much. And we'll see, bring that up, make sure that that all works. And you brought your own mic, which is wonderful. That's like so safety first. I'm I'm like I've got paper towels and rubber bands. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> Mutiny Radio. Yeah, I, I just thought to bring it. I'm not really much of a comedian. Oh no, honest. you're hilarious, actually. I, I think that's super insulting. <laughs> number one, because comedians are, you know, soulless monsters. Many things. That I don't want to be. <laughs> soulless monsters is one of them. N- yeah. Soulless monsters. They're just yeah. hypersensitive. Yes. You know? but I don't People. Know. Musicians are hypersensitive. Aren't you to be able to create a song? Don't you have to be sensitive to your environment? And like, because you're taking, you, you don't write songs about, I mean, you have to write something, a, a song about something you care about. Like, it doesn't matter if it's burritos or your ex-girlfriend, but there's still, there's still care and like sensitivity to a subject. It's tricky because I think a lot of, I mean, a, a lot of failed stand-ups, they just insult themselves or not mm-hmm. themselves, but they they insult people that they see. They they're they're very insulting, and then when they get criticized, you know, they can't laugh at themselves. It's then. the punching That's down. That's the thing. You don't want to punch down. Yeah, I don't really know. What, if you want to spell it out for me, you can spell it out for me. But you know, it is. That's why I like to just speak and if they laugh they can laugh yeah if they wanna if they wanna cry and get all sensitive to like some romantic song and whatnot of or you know not so you made us clap so hard for so long (laughs) it It was really funny no i was really trying to keep up but i just thought it was funny like you you have a like a magnanimousness around the crowd like everybody was super into your vibe you know and you were like people were clapping and into it. and that scorpio song was hilarious see that's the thing it's like it has comedic you don't have to be a comic to have comedic energy yeah i mean it's just be yourself you know what i mean just be yourself if you're funny it'll it'll translate in many different languages even you know sure. what i mean it's 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 all about timing it's all about reading who you're, you know, I'm not going to be spilling out a bunch of inappropriate dialogue to, you know, my right. grandparents, sure, you know, sure, God sure. rest their souls. But, uh, you know, it's know who you know where you're at. If you're at a bar, right. you know, people that are at bars are obviously motherfuckers. So, yeah, so you excuse, it. No, excuse you can, my you, friend. Am I allowed to absolutely. say bad words? You can, yeah. Um, radio.fm <laughs> is a hundred percent free speech. Okay. Uh, you can fuck swear all you want. No big deal. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, Kindly. so how long have you been playing music for? Uh, I've been playing uh, music out of the womb pretty much, but uh, n- I haven't had the luxury of having such a like a musical family. I was the only musician in my family. A couple, My dad's brother plays uh, a little bit of guitar secretly. I didn't know that until it was too late. <laughs> uh, and... Some of my dad's cousins play a, a little bit of music, but I was the only one in a big family 
to not play music. Uh, I mean, to play music. To play music. Excuse me. What did they all do? Play tennis? Um, <laughs> you know, into academics oh, okay. or like other things. I don't really know what people do yeah. other than music and arts and, and this and that. But they're more of like, you know, the the righteous kind of people. Mm. <laughs> I'm more of the the weird one, the, the black sh- sheep. Right. The, yeah. Well, but why does being the artist have to be being a black sheep? I mean, it's the same. You know, effort is the same. I feel like artists put out a lot of effort. And it's the same effort to be happy as to be sad, to be as to be content, to as to work, but we just they don't value our I don't know if we're all monetarily valued for the amount of work and effort and creation that's made. It's like where like where is why do you? Why do we have to be stifled and sad in a yucky job? Because they say, why? Why can't we create and use all of our time in a positive way? Why isn't that like monetarily? I'm just in a utopian society, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think that it's definitely a catch twenty two, and I hope I'm saying that expression correctly because I think half the time people don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's either. There's there's many different ways to go about it, but I don't think people like. I think I think artists are destined to go mad. You know, you look at you look at you look at Salvador Dali, you look at Michael Jackson. You, I mean, that that had a lot of success at a very early age. Right. The world worshipped him. The world didn't deserve him. I mean, there's lots of scandal. What's true? Right. Do we listen to the haters or do we listen to you know, all artists are destined to go mad. That makes sense. I, th- I think a lot of people are destined. I think even normal people are destined to go mad. However, and this is me just spewing out some of the caffeine I got from my soap flavored frappuccino. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I think that a lot of like, I think we're all destined to go mad, but, <laughs> But the but artists unlock that door a little bit sooner than the rest because sure. they explore areas that are stimulating. Right. And might be there might be cognitive dissonance for other people. Well, and that's the thing is if we if we really recognize what's going on right now and we actually like I have to cover up what's happening right now because it's too unbelievable you know like just what's happening in our world with like there's a pandemic and 50 percent of people are out of jobs and we have an election and the guy who's in charge right now is an idiot who's a liar and we know it we knew he was a bad person we knew it from the beginning we knew it before he started he made fun of that guy who you know had special needs when he made fun of a special needs person before he was elected like we let that slide. Like the grabbing by the pussy thing he said about women. We're like, oh, he's a misogynist and he used to own women, you know, like he considers them just, you know, objects. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, we're fine with that. And now we're like, and now things are scary and now we're sort of maybe on the on the doorstep of a race war. And I don't want to think about any of that. I'm like, I want to live in San Francisco and make art and like, yeah. All that anxiety that's happening right now, How do, how do we not go mad? Yeah, I mean, I think if, if you know, it's going to happen sooner than later, you know, restarting what oh, Thanos, yeah. what Thanos was trying to accomplish. I think it's going to happen sooner than later. 
just it's just the chaos is happening you know people too, too many people are into that joker movie oh my god you know gosh. what i mean they just want to now is the time to rebel no one's watching the roads anymore everyone's just kind of like in their own mind just waiting to like just zone out in their own box and and sooner or later and we're just getting all this information from social media and social right. media is just is is brainwashing us poisoning it's, us it's, yeah. it's it's i've actually stopped using social media uh tenfold you know what i mean like i i was on it like all the time posting all the time but i took a st big step back over the past after watching the social dilemma uh <laughs> <laughs> i deleted every no i didn't delete everything but i i i took a step back and realized that everyone is getting fed what they want to hear right it, yeah the liberals are getting fed liberal things and they're always going to be right and the same with the the conservatives other side, yeah. the other side yeah we're all calling each other stupid ignorant fake news this fake news that when, yes when it's it's but everything's we, fake what's real you well, tell me exactly <laughs> because what on i mean and i don't even i'm like i don't know which side i mean i know that conservatism is not my cup of tea but i don't even really like democrats i mean i'm i'm like a marxist <laughs> like i'm so <laughs> that's valid i'm it's i'm i'm into I think Marx was the first feminist. He talks about like the means of production. Women are literally the means of production, and they call it going through labor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was totally into labor. Anyways, yeah. it's a Marxist joke, but he kind of he was like a, a feminist. But all this stuff that they're feeding, like as as hardcore as I believe that pro-choice is incredibly important, and I think that removing that right from a woman is is removing human rights. At the same time, there's another side opposite of me that thinks I am the devil because I believe that and that the only right thing is pro-life and it's all about the life of the baby. And, and I say, well, but it's all about the life of the baby after it's born and you have to deal with it forever. And if you're not ready for that, you're going to do a bad job and it's going to be worse. But what they believe so fervently and what I believe so fervently are polar opposites, but we both believe that we're entirely right. And that division is on so many levels. Mm -hmm. Like with gay people, marriage equality, like b race equality. I mean, are they going to push back civil rights laws? I don't know. They might. And they could. And they could. And that's the scariest thing, too, is that we built this system that we know is flawed, but we still like are like, okay, well, it's good enough as long as I get my unemployment check, I guess. I don't know. It's We're all controlled scary. by this imaginary figure. It's money. Oh, yes. People shut yes. up when they get their stimulus checks. You know right. what I mean? It's like, I'm going to be angry until I get this, right. this, this money that's just printed every single day. It's just an illusion just an to illusion. control millions it, and billions of people. It's so crazy that we uh, – and, and there's no worth really to our paper money anymore. We all mm – -hmm. it's the same thing as Bitcoin. Like when people just exactly. started believing in Bitcoin. Exactly. But it's real and it's worth stuff. And I'm like, how you all just – how do you – how do you confuse people into believing that this cryptocurrency it's – it's a currency you made up. You literally make it up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everyone's like, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on board. 
it's it uh, yeah i mean if enough people believe if enough people believe and clap their hands <laughs> then a, a certain currency will you know be yeah, real you know and, and be sustained capitalism is scary and evil exactly oh so what music are you gonna play today well, we have options. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna do like a live version of "Never Trust a Scorpio." Yeah. I don't know what song you played first. I played um, "You Wanna Be Cool," but you know. Oh, okay, then I won't play that one. <laughs> you got the whole audience to be yelling "Not" and "Hot," and it was all about the haters, and it was perfect because like there have been a lot of haters in these COVID times, like coming out on the internets, coming out at each other, like all this. Oh, the hate. All the no hate. One ha everybody, the only thing people have time for right now isn't love. It's to, it's to just, it's to literally attack the things that have been bothering them from their childhood or whatever it is. They've been, they, they just want to create some sort of, like, they, they have so many frustrations build up and mm. built up and they just want to just cancel everything, yeah. hate on everything. Yeah. No get fun. it all out and that's that i mean it's it's totally valid but is that the solution i don't think that i don't think that hate can be the solution we've got to work together but i think that like music is the solution they shut us all down but we can still we can still play music there's still a way still to do in it your head. there's still a way to if communicate with others yeah if you truly believe yeah. And close your eyes and click your heels. It'll, it's it can all be real. And you'll make it back to just last year. <laughs> oh. Oh, just last. Just what about what about just the Obama days? I just mean, the Obama. Those were just, the best days. Just back to Obama. I wasn't really in America for oh. the tail end of that. Where were you? I was I was living in Spain. Ooh. I was there for I was there for like almost four years. Wow. Just hustling my music and wow. Trying to. Like try, hustling my music to people that didn't understand it lyrically. Some did. They got so with the program. But it's nice to be back in an English-speaking country where they can get the little nuances just right. Did you? Did you not? Not to discredit sing, them. You did you not sing in Spanish? Uh, sometimes you know I have little lyrics in my songs. Like Scorpio has a little Spanish lyric in there. And some of my new songs have some Spanish lyrics. Where were you in Spain, Madrid? I was living mostly in Madrid. And uh, and then like the last year, it's probably one of the worst decisions of my life was moving to Barcelona. Why would you? Why would you say that? Um, it's more expensive. It's not about the money. Um, it is more expensive uh, marginally. Uh, nowhere close to the Bay Area. Uh, but um, it's just it's just kind of like a disposable city. It's a city made to just restart like the way it was it's kind of like i don't know if you've seen palm springs uh by yeah. I, on hulu it's kind of like that it's kind of like living in a loop wow. it's it's it, in a way because like it's like a it's like a trashier version of disneyland <laughs> where and i hate to bad mouth barcelona but it it's just it, have if you've seen forgetting sarah marshall this is this is the best way to describe barcelona or maybe any sort of super touristy uh mm. location like hawaii there's the resort and barcelona's all of it's the resort right and then there's the locals that live there and the and the expats that live there and whether it's you know their teachers or entertainers that are teachers by in the daytime like you know like you're talking about batman earlier you know the bruce wayne 
you know, was right. teaching, you know, decided to. Because they love music. The, they love yeah. to perform. And then they, yeah. and then the, the Batman side is the, is the, is the, is the performance side. Yeah. But uh, there's, there's that community. And then everybody else just, just responds. Tourists. Yeah. They're different tourists. Different. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, we'll see like what, what's their expiration date. Sure. But, it's like a black mirror episode also there's yeah. just many different comparisons like are they going to stay a day are they going to stay three days right. are they going to stay a week sometimes they stay a month so it's right, just and right. then the locals kind of like have to entertain these people sure and then they leave like but like let's say madrid or i stayed there much longer people live there in san francisco people live here right it's easy to build an audience it's easy to build right well, it takes work but like People aren't going to be leaving the next, you know, you can actually promote for a show and people will show up. Sure. Because uh, they're actually because you meet people, you form a community and it's not. Later. Yeah, exactly. I, I've been to both Madrid and Barcelona mm. and I loved Madrid mm. and I didn't really like Barcelona because it, it reminded me of San Diego. Like mm. I just felt like it was a beach town and that's sort of what it was about. And uh, and. And I like all the local stuff was great. Like I'd go to the local stores and local fish stores and vegetables and I'd do all, I cooked. And so it was amazing. I loved it. I loved it for that. But like going, we didn't go out to dinner at all there because it was so expensive. It was like hoity-toity expensive stuff. Like everybody, and the, all the bars along the beach there were like club, 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 club. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boots and pants, boots and boots pants, and boots, pants. And boots, and boots and pants, 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 pants. And it was like, uh, it just felt like Tijuana meets San Diego sort of thing. And I just, it wasn't my favorite. I mean, the Sagrada the Familia, that unfinished church that will never be finished was like Gaudi's, you know, masterpiece of never finished. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> was like amazing and crazy. But, and th some of the architecture there, and there, I saw Picasso Museum, which was great. And there was a lot of really interesting architecture and like a mix of really new stuff and really old stuff, like futuristic. Yeah. But then also, so, all of that, like, I really enjoyed, but living... Living's one thing. ...was, like, Madrid was amazing. Like, all the little restaurants, all the all the places to get vino tinto, all the... Everything, and it was open so late, and everyone was so friendly, and yep. it, it was just, like... Less, less you know, uh, crimes, and, you I know, it, it's a very sad... Barcelona, you know, you, every day... Some somebody in your group just got their phone stolen. You know oh. what I mean? It's just like a, but I mean, and I don't know. I I I I totally get what you mean. Like the art is so beautiful in Barcelona. The Gaudi, the Dali, the you know the yeah. the. I mean, even the you know the sunrises are beautiful there yeah. because the sun the sun you know come it doesn't it sets. It sets above us, mm. right to the to the to the west, and then it uh, it it uh, rises along along the ocean or the Mediterranean. So, so you get these beautiful sunrises, but the sunsets are kind of sure eh, they fall flat. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm keen to go back. I'm thinking maybe next year when, if the pandemic, uh, ever ends, I you know, know, take advantage of 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 you know the economic crisis take all of the support from from i mean all the all the financial aid from here and then take it to right take it to somewhere and, and retire right so i'm I, thinking I of, that way i'm about thinking greece. about thinking about greece think about bali 
Greece thinking is, about <laughs> buying an island. Greece is great because, um, and I don't mean to be like nationalistic or anything, but they all speak English. The Greeks, they all speak both Greek and yeah. English. And they're really willing to help you learn Greek. Like they're really into like helping you learn words and helping you with, with, with all kinds of things. The Greeks are the best. They're the sweetest people. But they mostly they speak English, which makes it so much easier. It's great. Yeah, Italians are pretty good at it too. I mean, the younger it's always the younger generation is always going to know a little bit more English, um, just because they're exposed to it much more due to social media and and Netflix and films more there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm thinking France. I'm thinking Paris. I've had such wonderful memories there, and and I'm I'm ready to take it on yeah. but that's what i said about barcelona you mm. see so barcelona every time i'm there every time i'm visiting it it's incredible boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats yeah but when you're living there Oof. you don't want to live in a in a in a discotheque right you don't want to live in ibiza yeah you want to visit you want to visit have a good time <laughs> relax yeah chill with people that are also chilling yeah but when you're entertaining them it's just the the you're not entertaining you're entertaining people mm-hmm. but those people are constantly stimulated and don't know can't retain in all that stimulation sure so it's nice to like be able to have like you know uh, like going to madrid living in madrid random city in the world big city but also kind of small town feel sure a little bit like San Francisco, but San Francisco's got that domestic thing going for it. <laughs> yeah, you know, he used to be. This neighborhood <laughs> used to. You could get shot tw- ten years ago, twelve years ago. Now you're more likely to get hit by a stroller, like yeah. with, <laughs> yeah. with a dog in it. Yeah. Too. It's like, oh come on. Yeah. <laughs> what has happened to yeah. this neighborhood? Yeah. Definitely. So in terms of songs. For yeah, today, yeah. Whatever you want to play. No one could ever agree on what songs they like of mine because they're just different genres and different different ideas and just I just I I don't know I write what whatever I feel and I'm not gonna just stick to some genre you know if if the song is speaking this one and you saw me play on Sunday that I kind of went through a little bit of a a little rainbow yeah of uh, of genres. Uh, so I think I'll, I don't know what, what we have time for. We have, we have until four o'clock. So you have 40, you have 37 minutes. Oh, you want me to just continue to play? You could do anything you want. Yeah. I'm happy to talk or whatever you want. This is your time. (laughs) This is, uh, all right, cool. I'll play a little, I'll play a little set and, uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Is it okay if I play like not so funny songs? You can do anything you want. It's mutiny radio.fm. You're in dot SF. Then I'll start with something a little depressing then. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm super excited to, uh, well, we could just start it up and I'll make the sound happen. You, you plugged into one of the, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yay. Aquila's here. I love it when a good plan comes together. We just, you know, I got to see him play in winters, and I was like, yeah, you want to play more? You want to come to Mutiny Radio? You're great. All right. Got the looper. All the other stuff. And this show's called Some Call Me Tim. 
going to be available by podcast later if you're not listening now on mutinyradio.fm. Andy's in. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, so this song is about, uh, it's called Gala and Dali. Its alternative name is Broken Bird, because my ex-girlfriend always referred to herself as a broken bird. And uh, it w it's mostly about us having like some sort of like past lives and past relationship, because she was really artsy and spiritual and that kind of stuff. And I bought into it because I thought it was a fun creative you know, idea that we met a long time ago and I was a caveman and she was some sort of spiritual goddess. Uh, and this song kind of talks about, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds so pretentious. This song uh, speaks about our relationship back then, but also symbolizes that with our relationship now, which is really toxic, and I, I uh, stopped talking to her uh, after a sequence of events. Uh, she's doing her thing in Barcelona, and um, uh, she's, she, I'm happy for her, and I hope she does well. But this is a song about kind of like a dysfunctional, non-translatable relationship, and I hope you enjoy. I'm just gonna loop some stuff first.
Angels feast and fly away. My heart was loyal to them, despite the betrayal. And I'm a lonely sparrow lost in the bay. My brain kept falling by Sonoma. So I took the first blah blah crane, cause you're a broken bird. Fly this stump through the gravel stump and see salt air. Hawaii in a bottle with a smoke microphones, and I saw your face. A connection that all began centuries ago with swan like curves. A gentle girl rescues a giant traveler. Parallel universe. You'll take the clothes right off your back to help the stray one stay warm. You even took in a couple tongues that lost the cat. Put them love until they can breathe again. And now it's your time to shine. No, I won't smother you in. While you're learning how to fly real high Cause you're a broken bird A flatless sea swan one day With victory bells go and love yourself Well nothing suck your soul out With a nasty smell and you're a sacred fur You're the gallant of my dolly girl You're my whole world You're the gallant of my dolly girl You're my whole world you're my broken bird. Recharge your soul. Regain, regain control. Told me you felt like half the ladybug. I never saw you like that. As a matter of fact, I had to trust history going way back. When you were my girl, communicating be like, ooh, 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 ooh. you're a broken bird. But a swan scream in between cobblestone and no one there too hollow. When you're out there all alone and you're walking home and you're a sacred bird. Your parents love you differently, I know it still hurts and you're a broken bird. But one day I swear to God, your soul, this is our fate. In another life they won't even have to operate. Yes, lightning struck us down through these circumstances of our song. But I'll catch you with my mouth and I won't let go. You're my sacred fur. You're the gallant in my, 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 my whole world. You're the gallant in my darling girl, you're my whole world. You're the gallant in my dollar, girl, you're my whore. You're the gallant in my...
Yay! Yay! Thank you very much. That was uh, beautiful. Hope it wasn't too on the nose, yeah. but uh, that's how I feel. <laughs> um, so this next one is another new one, and this one is called Ugly Boys. Because a lot of the time, boys are ugly. <laughs> Um, it's also uh, a song about kind of um, being like, wanting to be a, a, something like a singer-songwriter, going out there, going, going around, showing people what you can do. And uh, a lot of people can relate to that, right? It's a, it's a song about relatability. It's a song about saying no, saying no to stigma and standing up for what's right. Saying, you know what? I ain't that. I may have been that, but that's not who I am forever. Because if I was the person I was when I was 13, if I'm not still that same person at 27, you know, what kind of life you live in, you know? Life's about learning, you know? Okay, so this is a song called Ugly Boys, and I don't play it live much. I may muss up, uh, and, uh, Please just don't forgive me if I do. <laughs> just cancel me, cancel me.
just stumbling along. Gotta get on the right track. Best find my way home. Cause I'm one of those ugly boys. Always doubting my voice. Did I wear the right clothes? Can never find my way home. Cause I'm one of those boys. Cause I'm one of those, those boys. All my life I feel like I've been my worst own enemy. But this time I'm picking up the pieces. Gonna find that light all and burning right inside of me. Cause I'm one of those ugly boys. Always doubting my voice. Did I wear the right clothes? Can never find my way home. Cause I'm one of those boys. Cause I'm one of those, those boys. Yes. And time is erasing. Like that, that felt like um, like a late '90s, early 2000s, like a band like Train or something. Like kind of like has a southern feel to it, of like oh, almost like Don Henley in the ra something. I don't know. It was, I loved it. It was thank great. You. 
I wanted to write something a little controversial because I'm the least looking person to ever write something Southern uh, or country uh, or John Denver-like. I'm, I'm a very, like, you know, darker looking person. Uh, they call me, I think somebody called me the ugly Ben Harper. I think that may have <laughs> I didn't been, say I ugly. Think that may have been I called you, you poor Pam. man's. I called you poor man's. Poor man's Ben, ben Harper. Ben, poor man's Ben Harper. <laughs> Poor man's Ben Harper. <laughs> I, I, I need to get into Ben Harper because uh, too many people tell me that I sound like him. But uh, I just, I like turn him on. I'm like, no, this sounds too much like me. And then I, and then I turn it off. That makes sense. No, I'm kidding. I, 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 <laughs> I'm just like, I don't, I don't really like this. It's just not on your <laughs> No, no. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to slut shame Ben Harper. <laughs> um, he, I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. I just really need to like, you know, there are things that you just know are going to be good. Like all those things on Netflix that you're just like, you know what? I, that sounds great, but I'm not going to watch it now because now I need something easy going because I'm ready to unwind and I just want to watch binge watch Survivor because I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. And Pam and I bonded over our love for Survivor. Yeah, we share a love. Like, I, I want to be on Survivor someday so badly. It's like my <laughs> ultimate dream. I can't, I, I just, to be on an island and surviving with all the, just the social game of it and like all of the TV stuff. I don't know, I love that stuff. You can make a business making Survivor tapes for people. Wow. You know, golden ticket idea for everybody. For all yeah. those film students out there, you want to make money, everybody wants a Survivor aud audition tape. Yeah, that's you such a good idea. That's such a good idea. I'm, I'm just, You're just I'm, an idea, man. Just throwing them out there. Just throw them out. away. Pearls just wine. I, I, you don't have to credit me. Just take it and run, okay? <laughs> just take it and run. Uh, anyways, um, let me check the time here. It looks like we have a little bit of time left. Uh, so Where can people find you, Dakil? You're D-A-K-I-L underscore. And is that That's it? That's on, on Instagram? Insta, Insta, yeah. Yeah, you can find me anywhere just with those five letters. I think it's five, right? Yeah. D-A-K-I-L, Dakil. And you can find some songs uh, that I wrote while I was in Spain and uh, while I was studying at UCLA. I also wrote some songs like The Wanna Be You, But They're Not Song. It's kind of a song about not fitting in. And I didn't really feel like I fit in at UCLA because everyone was so academic and I was just there to kind of just prove a point to myself and to my parents. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, and so, I mean, I ran off to Spain. I made an album out there. Every song is unique. I think there's something in there for everybody. It's called Out of Nowhere and I made it with all the love in my heart. So if you guys want to check that out, feel free to give me a chance. And I really just want to take a moment to say thank you, Pam, for providing us a platform for us artists to just get freaky together, you know? Yeah! Thank you so much. You're it's so really talented. I'm so glad to have you here. <laughs> so, uh, so this is a song called um, Never Trust uh, Scorpio, um, loosely based off that song um, Never Trust a Ho by, um, by that one band everybody forgot about. <laughs> You remember that song? Never trust her, never trust her, she won't trust me. I yeah, I mean, it was, it was all the rage back in high school. But uh, anyways, it's not based off of that. That was just a really poor executed joke. <laughs> Nervous laughter. So this is a song called Never Trust a Scorpio. It's about unity, and it's about division, and it's about 
your grandma and your granddad and, and everybody you know uh, made fun of us. And if you're a Scorpio, you're made fun of the most. But that's up for debate because everybody is trashed in their own way. And that's kind of what it is. And I thought some, somebody out there writes these, writes these astrology paragraphs every single day and is paid to do it. And, you know, they just get to scratch their ass and write things about everybody. And people buy into this because they want to they want to believe in this fantasy. And I I want to believe, too. OK, <laughs> but I thought instead of believing what somebody wrote that I have no idea who it is, it could be anywhere. They could be they could be here in the Bay. There's probably many of us here that write Zodiac stuff. They read. I think they read. They interpret. But then there's the ones that are hired by these apps. So I thought instead of. Um, buying into what other random people have to say, I thought just, you know, look up, you know, 10 interesting facts about each one and then spew out the ones that, you know, I felt funny uh, to put into a song. Uh, and so the Scorpio in the song, I dated three Scorpios in a row and I didn't want to know what the next sign of the next girl was. So I was like, I don't want to know if you're a Scorpio, okay? I don't want to know. Um, and they ended up not being one, but whatever. And then I was like, you know what? That was the first line. The next line I'm going to write about my ex-girlfriend, who was a Leo. And so I'm going to talk about some stuff that was... So a lot of it's personal experience with things. I, my sister is like a, is, a, is a Capricorn, so I put in the line something like awkward. She's, she's so awkward or something like that in the song. You'll hear it. Uh, you know? So a lot of it's personal experience, and then everything in between is stuff that I, I didn't really know what to write about. So I did a little bit of investigation and this is what, these were my findings. <laughs> it's okay to dance wherever you're listening out there. Before I start, what's your sign, Pam? I'm a Libra. You're a Libra? I'm a Libra, yeah. They say that they're the most balanced. Yeah, it's supposed to be in the sign. Um, itself is of balance mm, so yeah. you think but yeah. no i'm not balanced would you all. say you're like the most balanced person out of in your circle many circles or? um physically balanced sure mentally balanced maybe emotionally balanced no way no way no way but you have to be you have to have all everything balanced I mean, that's, yeah that's, that's, your, that's your that's your gimmick right it's gimmick it's gimmick i'm a gemini which Ooh. is complete opposite right we're just not balanced, right? Yeah, just two, two complete halves. My ex-girlfriend was a Libra, so I was like, this is going to work. This is going to work. Because it's got to work. <laughs> Ended up being disastrous. You know, you heard the song. Okay, so here's, the, here's Never Trust a Scorpio.
trust the Scorpio. This is something that you should already know. And they will sting you where it hurts the most. And they will eat your children and in court they will show no remorse. And never get on a Leo's bad side. And they will trust you fast then leave you hanging dry. They better be there for them when they start to bitch and cry. But if not, they will throw you to the side of the road. Trust me, I have the scars. I've been there before, but never trust the Scorpio. Don't ever trust the Scorpio. Don't ever trust the Scorpio. But if you're anything like me, I would Gemini with twin personalities. I would lose all of my friends, aiming for the vulnerabilities. I don't want it no more if you're a Scorpio. No, I don't want it no more if you're a Scorpio. No, I don't want to know if you're another Scorpio. Whoa, if you're another Scorpio. So, Tauruses are too tough and stubborn, and Capricorn are stuck in an awkward bubble. Virgos are too often bitchy with personalities that are fucked up. Match me with this, match me with that. Compatibility at the draw of a hat. No, she can't be with him, I can't be with her. She's a Libra, she was supposed to be my fucking cure. Yeah, the word cancer, it speaks for itself. I never wanna live with that kind of hell. And Pisces can never find their way. Siempre está perdido with the middle of the day. Do you really have the time to fit all of the generalizations into your delegate? I know Aries don't, 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 I know Aries don't. Do you remember why, Pam? She doesn't. You wanna know why you don't remember? I don't know. I just forgot. <laughs> but it's because they're selfish. And if you're anything like me, oh, a Gemini with twin personalities, I would lose all of my friends. For the vulnerabilities, but I don't want it no. If you're a Scorpio, no, I don't want it no. If you're a Scorpio, no, I don't want to know. If you're one of the Scorpio, whoa. Some fat ass eating Krispy Kreme every day, hired by Fox News. Or when you really think you're that cool, you're gonna label me based off some pretentious fool. I don't wanna know if you're a well, heartless Aquarius. I don't wanna know if you're a boring ass Sagittarius. Oh, but the worst of all, oh, it must be said, oh, the Scorpio, you better hunt him down before he kills all your friends. 
That was great. That was that was super fun. I hope it transmitted. Hundred um, percent. I'm 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 I get so so nervous like when it comes to like all the technical sides of engineering and you rocked it. Whatnot, like, but thank you so much for that. Was awesome. That looper thing is crazy. <laughs> like, and that you can remember the tracks that you're doing and then continue that i don't know it's it's a lot of higher order thinking and you're still playing and singing at the same time with yourself what ah it's uh, it's fun it's fun it becomes muscle memory but then you also it's it's the it, you have to it's kind of like it's kind of like you have to try to figure out like how to fix a problem mm. you know like sure. what like the, when i'm when i'm doing it i'm thinking about the song and then like there's a part of my there's a part of like my brain or whatever that's just like okay when a problem happens do this you know this is how the the way the song goes but like it's kind of a little muscle memory but it's a little like it's, well, it's a little like figure out it's fresh every time backwards. because yeah. it's, you're still doing it live but the loops are created live but then you're replaying them so it's like a new puzzle every time because it's when you're doing live performance, it can never be exactly the same way. It's every always time. different. Some sometimes, you know, people do like pre-record their stuff. I don't mm. like to do that because I like to feed off the energy of the crowd. Mm. I like to make sure they're involved. Even when like sometimes, like I was like maybe like recording only fifty percent of the loops that the crowd was giving me. You know oh. what I mean? I only took what I needed right. from from from. <laughs> from like the you know the clapping and right 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 yeah. right <laughs> right uh and the singing back and all that kind of stuff that was all recorded you know it, it, from 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 the, the event right right you know right. so every event is going to be different based off the energy and and you just got to figure out a way to read your crowd and be able to get them hyped in their own little way do you do like well, did you used to do like birthday parties and house parties and stuff? I did. I did, did all everything. sorts of things. I did restaurants. I did. I've I've done I've done restaurants. I did birthday parties. I've done events that like I just deleted from my, the, from my mind that were just so bizarre. You know right. what I mean? But yeah. from 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 big old stages to festivals, I've done, I've done a lot of things. Uh, in a humble way, hu humbly speaking, there weren't like extraordinary like you know 
multi-million dollar festival you haven't done coachella yet i haven't done (laughs) i haven't done coachella and i hope that uh you know i have the opportunity to be able to play at a festival as 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 infamous as as coachella but uh you know i'd like people can find you that you can slide into your dms under d-a-k-i-l underscore on insta if they yeah, while I'm while I'm still you there. <laughs> yeah, are you gonna delete that one too? Or are you gonna I'm, completely I'm, I'm divorce not, yourself I'm from not social gonna, media? I'm I'm not gonna delete myself. I'm very easy to find, but I'm I might be I might like and a lot of people are thinking of it of just kind of like becoming recluse and mm-hmm. just focusing more on the art. Sure. Rather than the promotion. The promotion. And yeah. it it's it's as as an independent artist it's easy to go down that rabbit hole. It's, it's, I have it's to post so three times a day. If I yeah, don't post, exactly. No one's gonna say, Am I they still paying attention to me? Does it yeah, yeah. It's an, it's a, Am I still it's, relevant? It's an attention yeah. game. I don't want to play no attention. Yeah, I'm going to want to, I want to write songs that speak to people's hearts yeah. that are based off of experiences that I've gone through. It's things that I see, things that I want to, problems that I have on the table that I want solved. And maybe I write a song about all my problems and then somebody has the answer.